Teddy Feinberg, Jim Sight, Matt Alabone, Game Time PA Podcast. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Teddy, I'm doing fabulous. How are you doing today? I'm really feeling Let's good. Let's check in with Matt. Uh, thank you for my input. I'm, I'm doing well. We've got, you know, the boys championship game for the league tournament tonight. A lot of basketball going on, a lot of wrestling, too. We're keeping busy here at Game Time PA with winter sports starting to wrap up. So uh, I'm doing well, too. It's good when uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, I want to stress this is actually we're doing primarily a District 3 basketball preview, actually, in this podcast. But like Matt said, this is prior to the YA title game. We're actually recording this on Friday before the championship game. But we are looking ahead to the district tournament, what we think our local squads are going to do do how we think things are going to shake out so let's get the ball rolling first things first gentlemen um the why the teams that squared off in the york adams championship games obviously on the girls side we had northeastern and or i'm sorry new oxford and central york central york won handily in that one for the ya title we mentioned tonight is northeastern central boys um, and uh, we want to get, I guess, general predictions on how we think our local teams from those two games are going to fare in particular. Let's start off with the New Oxford girls um, who fell short in the championship. Had a great year nonetheless. They are ranked number three in the Class 5A bracket on the girls' side of the, equa- of the equation. Matt, what do you think they're going to do? I think they have as good a chance to go on a run as really the other teams that reached the title game just because of, like you said, the classification. Central has been their kryptonite all year. They just don't – they're the same type of team as Central. Their guards aren't quite as quick, not quite as much size. And we bad saw what match happened. Up. Bad matchup. They don't have to face them anymore, so that's just going to be such an advantage right there. I think they match up pretty well with some of the teams. So I think they have a shot as a three seed to maybe get to the semifinals, maybe make it to a championship game. And if you get to a championship game, anything can happen. So I give them a decent shot. I think they definitely can win this bracket for sure. Um, like Matt said, they're not going to be worrying about the Centrals and the Dallas Towns of the world. Great York County representation in this bracket. West York is in it. Susquehannock's in it. Dover's in it. We mentioned New Oxford. No knock on any of those teams by any stretch of the imagination. They're just not as big or as powerful as the bigger schools. That's just logically speaking. So I think New Oxford kind of, I don't want to say stepping down in competition, but stepping down in terms of classifications for this particular bracket is going to serve them well. I think they have as much talent as anyone. So I, I definitely think they can play for a title in this bracket. And looking ahead to the semifinals on February 28th, we could see an all-York Adams uh, semifinal with number two seed Susquehannock if they can make it out uh, and and beat a potential matchup with Dover in the second round. We could be seeing New Oxford versus Susquehannock. That would be a repeat of a York Adams League quarterfinal where New Oxford kind of shocked us with the ease at which they won. They were able to foul out three of Susquehannock's top four players in, in, in an impressive fashion. So I, I think Susquehannock would like another shot at New Oxford. Um, on the top of the bracket, Harrisburg's the team to beat. They're the number one seed. Uh, West York could potentially face them in the second round. So looks like a fun bracket. Absolutely. Like I said, a lot of good York Adams representation. Jim mentioned the potential Susquehannock-New Oxford semifinals matchup. So it's nice to see some of our teams jockeying at the top there, and we'll see how it all unfolds. Central York girls, they are number four in the 6A bracket. Jim, what do you think um, the Panthers can do here? Oh, this is, a, this is a fun bracket. If you like basketball, follow the 6A girls because we got four teams, which I, I think could easily win this. You could, you could make an argument there's, there's a way Cumberland Valley wins, there's a way Central York wins. There's a way Cedar Crest wins. Um, and there's definitely a way Central Dolphin wins. Central Dolphin knocked off the three-time defending champs Cumberland Valley. Cumber- Cumberland Valley shocked by 2A Camp Hill. 
earlier um, in the mid pen tournament. Um, any team can lose here. Central's had you know had the had the two losses uh, this year in the in the regular season. So you know any and and then don't overlook number two seed Cedar Crest coming out of the bottom of the bracket. Uh, the real tough step here for Central York should be the semifinal game. If everything falls into place uh, by the seedings, it'll be Central York versus Cumberland Valley in the semis February 27th. One thing that I think will be interesting for Central York is how they kind of deal with getting back into that competitive mindset after winning the league title. They were really uh, – their goal all year was winning a league title after winning by losing by one point last year. That was their goal. That's what they were working toward. Now that they've done that, they got to refocus and you know focus on districts now. That's not always as easy. Sometimes it's like we just accomplished our goal. You might kind of step off the pedal a little bit. And in this type of bracket, they can't afford to do that. I find it interesting, and, and Jim, someone who's covered you know this community for, for frankly longer than I have, maybe you can clarify if you think I'm off the mark here, but I think my first year covering these tournaments in particular, I feel like the YA tournament is very, very, very important to the local teams here, so much so to the point where I almost feel like the district tournament is kind of icing on the cake. Um, and now, granted, it could also just be simply with where is your program at this point in time? In the case of Central York, they didn't win a YA title since 99, so that was a very important game for them last night. I think for Northeastern, this is a very important game for them tonight. Winning the, I think for these programs, winning the YA, and for Central York boys, I think winning the YA title for these programs in particular is super important. Um, I, I think you're totally you're, you're spot on. This the, the York Adams tournament in some form, whether it's York County Scholastic League, dates back to the 1920s. So this is something, if you're from York County, your family's from York County, this is something your great-grandfather could have played in. So it's a big deal. Districts tournament, um, it, while it's still a big deal, I think teams definitely do have to refocus. If you play in the championship game, you're playing in front of 2,200 people in the semifinals, and then you go back to your home gym for the first round, and and in some cases, if, if, if you don't have that following, it's gonna be a cavernous atmosphere You've got to either be laser focused or have your eye on the prize that is the district tournament and just kind of reboot. And, and some teams have difficulty doing that, no doubt. The reason I bring it up is because Matt made the point um, about central refocusing, and I completely agree with him. I don't even know if these teams – my gut is these teams haven't even thought about districts until the, until the YA title game's over. I wouldn't. I would be so laser focused. Playing in a championship game is a big deal. So, in other words, you're playing for the YA title. That's monumental. Back to the original point, I think Central York can certainly finish top four in this district bracket. I think when it comes down to, frankly, single elimination basketball and tournament settings like this, we see this all the time in March Madness, the matchup is of critical importance. Just calling a spade a spade at this juncture, I can't really tell you how they match up with a Cumberland Valley or a Central Dolphin or a um, or a Cedar Crest for that matter. I do know those are great basketball teams. I know Cumberland Valley has tremendous history, particularly recent history on their side. Central York, in my mind, can easily make top four. Then it just simply comes down to who do they match up with, who's playing hot basketball at that point in time, who do they get when the chips are on the line. I think they're right there. I think expecting them to win a championship probably is a tall order because my gut feeling tells me the top four teams in 6A are nothing short of excellent. But if we look at that history, don't forget, last time Central York won the league title, 99, last time they won the district title, 1999. That was a, a stacked team as well. They had three Division One 
girls on that team, including one, Steph Reisinger, who was back to shoot a picture with Scott Wisner, the coach, after the game last night. So, you know, there's a little bit of history there. We'll see if they can repeat it. They have a very good team, and I, I, I think, put it this way, when I say they're gonna, that they can finish top four, what I'm saying is they can make a run. Let's move on to the boys' side of things. Central York, right then and there. Matt, what do you think uh, the unfortunate thing for the Panthers is if they do beat Cedarcrest, Central York is the nine seed. Cedarcrest will be the eight. Their consolation prize is facing Lonnie Walker and Redding in the next round. But what do you think the Panthers can ultimately do? Well, like you said, if they do get out of a tough first-round matchup, those eight-nine matchups are always tough to predict. If they do get out of the first round, yeah, you're running into the best player in District 3 maybe in the state. So that's definitely a, a tough challenge. But, you know, they've really kind of overachieved all year and I give them maybe a fighting chance to get through that consolation bracket but it's going to be a a tough road for them but they've already had a successful year for them for point of order I am picking them to win the first game and I'm picking them to lose against Redding but that's not a knock Redding's excellent but I I I have a ton of respect for Central York and I think they're going to win their first but if you're Central York you've got to you've got to believe hey we want that quarterfinal matchup against Redding we're going to get at some point you'd have to play the best player in district three the best team in district three if you're going to win the title they unfortunately get them in the second game of the tournament if they advance um uh, another team to watch in the york adams is number 12 seed dallas town um last team in this year in the district three bracket um they're also on the the upper end of that 6a boys bracket just for point of order, I want to see Central York play Redding because the last time we had a chance to see Redding, Jim boxed me out and grabbed that rebound like he was Malik Martin. Now hopefully I can go up there and watch Redding and get some Lonnie Walker video under my belt. Not only does he have a nasty crossover, he's really good in the he, – he wins the, the press conference every time. I'm sure he does. For point of order, Lonnie Walker's going to Miami next year. He's – what is he, a top 15 player, top 10 player in the country in terms of high school recruiting? He's quite good. They have another D1 player on their team too. I digress. Northeastern, number one in the 5A bracket. Um, they've had a great year, and again, they're playing for the for the YA title tonight. Matt, ultimately, what do you see the Bobcats doing um, this, in this tournament? This is interesting because this is a team that in years past has kind of underachieved in the playoffs. Last year, they lost in the first round of districts. Now, totally different brackets then. And obviously, they're the one seed in this bracket. Clearly, as a one seed, they have a great chance to make a run. I do think that win over York Catholic was big for their psyche, knowing they can beat another good team. Uh, this championship against Central York, this could be big for their psyche too. Now, we already talked about how does a team kind of bounce back from a title game, whether it's a win or lose. That could really be important with the, their mindset during the tournament. But a couple big wins is really big for this team to give them the confidence that they can win these important playoff games. So, look, when a team is a number one seed, you got to give them a chance. And they could be facing what, Spring Grove again in this tournament. We could have uh, that matchup a lot of people wanted to see in the York uh, title game, that third matchup between them. We could be getting it in the district. Jim, uh, do you have an opinion on the good old Bobcats from Northeastern High School? I think the last time the Bobcats – I haven't looked at the, the, the records I, I, I keep, but I think the last time the Bobcats made it to a district final was 04 when they had Levi Winters and Nate Fry. This team this year, I believe, is better than that 04 team. They had a young Corey Bray running the point. This team more explosive. They definitely have a shot at the championship, but – um, as your Catholic proved, if you have a big man and you have a guard who can penetrate and play with Northeastern's guards, which is not easy, your Catholic had that in 6'5", Malik Martin and DeAndre Davis, and then they had the steady, and then they had Andrew Forgen with the steady hand um, as well at guard. Um, you can challenge them. This is going to be interesting. Uh, the sem potential semifinal matchup, if 
AAU teammate Taylor Funk, who's going to St. Joe's, can get by Eli Brooks in the quarterfinals. Uh, Mannheim Central will be playing Northeastern in the semis February 27th. Should be a great game. On the flip side of the coin, if Brooks can get past Funk, which I, I believe certainly will happen, as a matter of fact, if he gets past Funk, then we have a Northeastern Spring Grove semifinal matchup, and all the local fans know what that brings to the table. I picked Northeastern, I'll say about a month, month and a half ago in a column I wrote, to win 5A. I'm a little shakier on that pick now. Jim alluded to the fact of Malik Martin's the premier big man in York Adams. Um, Northeastern did not face that this year in league play. Uh, YA Division One was very good this year, but it's not a post-oriented league. It's right. <laughs> the only guy that really compares would be six-five Ben Lehman, but he he's a he's a three-point shooter at New Oxford. And then you have uh, John Wessel, who who kind of brings the ball up. You, you know, you can call him a point forward. So nobody really had that six-five. I'm just going to get the ball on the on on the block and you're going to do your best to defend me. Nobody has that like Malik Martin. Yeah, Martin gave them all they wanted on the interior that evening, and I think that that is so, – so there's that. If they face another player like that in the 5A bracket, they're going to have their hands full. That's their Achilles heel. Um, I also don't think they, they – they showed some cracks in the armor to some degree coming down the stretch. It's a very long season. I think they have a very solid core five players – if there's foul trouble, if there's injuries, if they're not all on top of their game, um, it's going to spell disaster. With all that being said, I am sticking to my guns, and I am saying they are going to win it. Uh, I just might not be saying it with as much conviction as I was a month and a half ago. I have um, Just through the grapevine, I've, I've heard Mechanicsburg is a, is a very good team, a very well-coached team. Um, I, I do think Spring Grove can certainly give Northeastern all they want in the semifinal. Spring Grove honestly took it to them um, less than a month ago on Spring Grove's home floor. So there's certainly some hurdles the Bobcats are going to have to clear, but they're the number one seed. I'm going to stick with my pick there. I just don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Do we have any tournament locks? I know that we kind of had our sights set um, first things first on the uh, Class 3A girls bracket. Matt, why don't you take that one? Well, the, the matchup that p most people expect will happen in the championship game, including us here, is your Catholic against Alone. This has been a rivalry that dates back for a long time. Kevin Bankos and Jerry Eckenrode, those two really legendary coaches in this league. Bank and Eck. Continue, Matt. <laughs> they so, so many matchups against each other, and they played twice this year in league play. Your Catholic winning narrowly both times, including by one point the second time. So that could be a great game if they play each other in the title game. I've said this before, and I don't like to harp on about it because Delone's still a good team, but it is a shame that they are not healthy because if they still had Jill Novak and Riley Vinson, this was their year to win districts. It I was their year. I completely agree with you. I completely but agree with you. They can definitely play with your Catholics. So I don't think you can say it's a lock your Catholic beats them because they've challenged them both times, and we've seen teams lose the first two matches win the third time. We've seen DeLone actually play pretty well in the league uh, playoffs, knocking off Dallas Town. So they're hungry. Uh, Eckenrode's going to have them ready, but you'd probably give your Catholic the slight advantage right now just based off what's happened this year. And, and props to Jerry and Kevin for both calling us out on our preview for the, the York Adams League. That we didn't give them much, uh, enough respect. We actually we have an additional lock. They're listening this week. Go ahead, Jim. But, but we, are, we are guilty of that. But when you're a 3A team and you're playing 6A, 5A, um, we just felt that the, the bigger schools had a, had a advantage. Well, I, I still don't know guys. what we're guilty of quite yet, but I, that, that's a conversation for a number of times. Jim, continue. But, but this is an interesting matchup. These, these two programs have faced off 
of a bunch. We expect both to be in the title game at the Giant Center when this tournament wraps up. Very interesting matchup because we have the bigs with, with Delone, and then we have All-State guard Kate Baja. Am I pronouncing that correctly? That's right. Yeah, you, we, got, we got, it. It. you got it. We you got, got it. it. You okay. got it. You got it. So, uh, so it's interesting that, that the guards versus the bigs. DeLone could have won both regular season games. Uh, foul. Uh, Jerry, Jerry was hoping to get more foul calls um, against his bigs in the paint um, in the second matchup. Uh, so we'll see. You know, it, it could come down to officiating. It could come down if DeLone once again has that, that big lead that they had against your Catholic in both regular season matchups, if they can hold it this time. Um, so we'll see. But both these coaches, good friends, and, and they're going to make adjustments. And I think what both coaches are alluding to in all seriousness is they actually want some respect, and I understand why. DeLone, both teams have had a ton of success in the postseason. In your Catholic's case, that's a massive understatement. They've won ten of, nine of the last 10, 10 of the last 11 district titles. You know, Coach Eckenrode has, has had a tremendous track record of success. Um, and obviously we want to pronounce Kate's name name correctly because she's one of the elite scorers in this league. Um, I think that in terms of – first of all, I totally expect both these teams to meet in the 3A bracket. Um, I don't know how particularly strong the 3A bracket is this year. They're clearly ranked number one and two, so that kind of gives you all you need to know. And um, Both getting buys too. Both getting first-round first round buys, 100% right. And, and everything Matt said – I concur with. I, I'm going to take your Catholic to win, but I also want to say that, um, like Matt said, DeLone pushed them tough in both games this year. DeLone's not full strength. Um, Coach Eckenrode knows what it takes. And winning, it's interesting because this was an argument going into last night's YA game. Well, it's hard to beat a team three times in one year talking about New Oxford or Central. The comeback was, well, yeah, but Central beat New Oxford twice very handily early in the year. So it, it might not be. In this case, DeLone really competed. So I think it's a toss-up game, to be perfectly honest with you. I just give your Catholic a slight edge because they've kind of had the edge in the series the they last couple of years. They each kind of can exploit the other team's Achilles heel. DeLone can exploit your Catholic's lack of size with Brady Zumbrum and Katie Afgar. Your Catholic can exploit DeLone not having uh, as many ball handlers as they would maybe have if Vinkson, who would a sophomore this year without her. They've kind of taken advantage of that late in the game, pressing DeLone uh, – kind of taking advantage of them not having the best guard play this year. So that's kind of been how those matchups have shaken out both times. And both coaches are going to find the mismatch, and they're going to try to exploit it. That's what they do. So I think they're both going to meet. I think it's a good game. Again, I lean toward Catholic, but we'll see how it goes down. Speaking of your Catholic, I my prediction is the boys' team will meet Trinity in the championship. Jim, what do you think happens from there? I think this is a lock for Trinity. Just like the girls, 3A bracket is a lock for a your Catholic DeLone matchup. I believe the boys' bracket is a lockup for a Trinity. Your Catholic matchup, this was a game that was played season opener for both teams. Trinity came out on top, and we're kind of looking at mirror images. Trinity has the big man. Um, they have a 6'11 guy, Sean Good. He's a, he's a junior. I want I my last name to be Good. I, I think Malik Martin is more polished than him. Martin's a senior, uh, so he should be. Uh, and then Austin Gilbertson is their 6'3 guard. So this, is, this, is, this should be a great game. Larry Kostelak is the coach. He's been here uh, what seems like 25 times in the district finals, something like that. Uh, so this should be a great matchup. 
Um, your Catholic is gonna need some support from its role players like Robbie McNamara, he, who's like a defensive stopper. He's like the Energizer Bunny out there, and he'll and he'll hit a three in your eye. He's the Matthew Delavadova of the We've y. got Kyle Dorowski who doesn't mind doing all the dirty work, including going up to the officials. 20 minutes after the game uh, in their loss to Northeastern and asking them, are you sure you got that last second call right? A fair question. <laughs> which, which I loved. And then you've got Steven Nigro, this six-foot senior, another guy, not afraid to do the dirty work, not afraid to drive. Uh, so this should be a great matchup. For the record, if it's the call I believe he's referring to, there was a long pass down the sidelines, both players wrestling for it. It was a jump ball. I thought the officials nailed that call. Matt, continue. Now, I think we mentioned Trinity and New York Catholic played each other early this year, but it was the first game of the year. So even though Trinity won, there's only so much you can kind of take away from that because so much changes over the course of the season. So York Catholic has improved over the course of the year. I would give them definitely a chance in a rematch, especially if they're hitting all their shots. Just want to ask this quick question, Jim. You would know this answer. Did DeAndre Davis play in the first game? Oh, boy. Um, you're racking my brain right now. I'm not sure if he did. Okay, I'm not sure if he did either. Here's my point. If he did not play, that's, that's a big difference. change the complexion of the game. DeAndre is a difference maker on that team. Um, again, I probably would lean toward Trinity. Uh, I hear they're absolutely loaded. <laughs> but your Catholic played with Northeastern to the bitter end. They have a good team. I lean toward Trinity. I'll tell you this right now. If DeAndre did not play in that first game and he takes the court <laughs> in the championship game, it's a brand-new ball game. Um, if they both went into the first game, even Steven and Trinity won like that, that, to me, means Trinity is nothing short of phenomenal. And your Catholic's been hungry to play these better teams all year. They've been beating up on Division Three, and they wanted their opportunities to play a Division One team. They came up just short against Northeastern. They want more opportunities to play some really good teams and districts and continue to prove how good they are. Another lock, your country day winning the whole, um, the whole, the whole deal uh, in the Class 1A boys bracket. Um, I, I got them winning. They're the most talented team. They won last year. I don't think anything's changing. Jim, what do you think? They've got two of the best players in – I mean, you, you could make an argument they're two of the best players in the entire uh, – they would be in all of York and Adams County. In Jordan Ray, who played football at York Tech and is going uh, – to Division One Hampton to play receiver, and Darius Brown, who's only a junior and already a thousand point scorer for your country day. Those two guys are phenomenal. Uh, Brown won all, earned all state honors last year. Um, we expect them to roll. Could you imagine if Brown was still Northeastern? Oh, they'd be, they'd be really good. Jim just said they'd be really good. He didn't have the microphone in his hand. Yeah, I don't they'd, know they'd, they'd be really, really good. He just said it again. They should just play up to 6A. If, if, they, if they've got Brown. Yeah, if they had Brown, that would, be, that would have been straight nasty. Matt, what do you think? <laughs> First off, that'd be a, a lot of guys to share the basketball if he was still at Northeast. Someone would have to come be, off the bench. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, your country day pretty much dominated that, uh, that bracket. Last year, they brought their key players back. They're another year experienced. Uh, I'm not definitely not like a, a genius on the single A boys bracket, but they're obviously a, a clear favorite there. It's funny because we thought that was kind of your area of expertise. That's a joke. Uh, when I, 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 I like, like Matt, I'm not going to sit here and say I, I studied it with a fine pick comb, but I, I do know talent when I see it. And, and they, they're number one for a reason. They won it all last year, as both guys said before. Uh, the clear-cut most talented team. Our final lock, Eli Brooks as the showstopper. My big question is, will Drew Gordon 
be joining him at his side. Yeah, he's missed a, a few games with pneumonia. They don't know when he's going to be back. Important player for them. Kind of an X factor, a kid who can score at times. Austin Panthers probably been more of the secondary scorer. But Drew got better as the season went along, and he's their primary ball handler. So you're putting so much pressure on Eli now to, to score and do everything. And obviously, I think Eli is going to put on the show no matter what. I agree that's a lock. They have an interesting first-round matchup against New Oxford, a team that when they played last time in the regular season, New Oxford led by, I think, 20 in the second half. They were dominating early, and Springer really made a dramatic point. comeback. Now you play that game again with Al Gordon, who we don't know if he'll be back, but we, we just don't know. That changes things up. You know, if, if you had a 20-point lead one time, you could do it again, and maybe New Oxford, which has let a few close games slip away this year, finally gets it done this time. I, th- I think one thing we can say for certain is Drew Gordon is not going to be 100%, even if he plays in that game, um, recovering from an upper respiratory and in, uh, upper respiratory issue and then getting on the court, uh, very difficult. So um, we'll see how it goes. For uh, your medical months. analysis was sound. Uh, I, I, I've had pneumonia. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the last thing I wanted to do was run. Well, yeah, no, I, I don't do either. I've never had pneumonia and I don't run. Um, I think the bottom line is this. I think that both guys are spot on. I really like the new Oxford call. You know, they're the type of team, they got some size, they can shoot. They're the type of team you really, they're a 13, they're one of those teams if you're a high seed, you're like, eh, I don't really want to, I don't need to get into a shootout with this team. If they're hot from beyond the arc, they can cause some real problems. They need, Spring Grove to make a sizable run in this tournament, they need Gordon back. I don't know what would have happened if he played against Central. Central's beaten Spring Grove the last couple years. There's no denying that. But it would have made a difference. Without him, Brooks had to do entirely too much. This was in the YA championship game. Semifinal. I apologize. Thank you, Jim. This was in the YA semifinal. And his his absence was notable. They don't have a great supporting cast around Brooks. They need as much help as – he needs as much help as he can get. Um, So I I think that's a valid point. Eli's going to do his thing. Eli is the best player in this area. He's going to shine no matter the stage. But uh, they, they need they need his sidekick there. Important thing to note: uh, whichever team wins that that first round matchup, the loser is not done in terms of making states in the five A bracket. Two teams that lose in the first round will be able to make the state playoffs. The eight teams that lose enter a consolation bracket. Uh, two teams that reach you know the championship game, we'll call it the quote unquote championship game of that consolation bracket, make state. So even if Spring Grove did get upset, I'm not picking them to get upset. But if it did happen, that's not the end of Eli Brooks's Spring Grove career. He still has a chance to fight through and, and get the state playoffs. And New Oxford still has a fighting shot to make states even if they lose in the first round. I'm really glad you pointed that out just for clarity. That's it. We're done. Thanks for listening. Teddy, Jim, Matt, we're here um, all day, every day on Game Time with the latest news updates on analysis on basketball and um, every other sport for that matter. Have a great week.